0: episode number 48 of the healthier life podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We are nearly at a full year. I can't believe it. Time has just flown by. In today's episode, I'm interviewing the lovely Molly Ashton. Now it's a little different from many of my other episodes because although we're talking about the very important topic of self-care, it's all from a context of home education or homeschooling as my friends in the US call it. As you might know if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, we have four children and I home educated them all for a full 11 years. So not just because we had to because of lockdown, but because we actually really enjoyed it. So this episode is particularly for you if you are homeschooling or if you're thinking of homeschooling or if you're someone who has little kids at home with you all day, every day. I know how you feel. It can be really, really hard to find time for yourself. And self-care is so important, whatever situation you may find yourself in or whatever stage of life you are going through at the moment. Now, if you are a mum at home with children under the age of 12 or so, then I do actually have an online course that you might be interested in. It's called Cultivating Joyfulness, and you can find the link to it in the show notes below. So do check that out later. Now, the reason I'm chatting with Molly today is because I've been a contributing writer to her brand new book entitled Another Way to Learn, Discovering the Beauty of Home Education an Essential Guide. The book is available right now for pre-order and will be published next month, that's September 2022. So you can grab your copy now by heading to anotherwaytolearn.co.uk and I'll put that link in the show notes as well. If you can't guess already, I wrote the chapter all about the importance of self-care and so that's what Molly and I are talking about today. She's picked five essential aspects of self-care that I talk about in my chapter and she elaborates on how she personally incorporates those into her own busy lifestyle. Now, while we're on the subject of self-care, I have decided to take my own advice and take a bit of a break from the podcast this month. We're actually due as a family to fly out to Disney World, Florida for a couple of weeks, and we're all terribly excited about that. It is a holiday that was supposed to happen in 2020, but then, well, you know what happened that year. Anyway, so rather than work flat out to batch record some episodes ahead of time, I just decided it was best to just enjoy the break and to take some time off. But don't worry, I will be back in your podcast app at the end of August. And if you haven't been following the podcast for a long time, then there are plenty of back episodes for you to listen to in the meantime. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of August. I can't wait to catch up with you later. But for now, let's get started with my interview with Molly Ashton, editor of the brand new book, Another Way to Learn. Hi and welcome to the Healthier Life podcast where you can get great tips and strategies to empower you to live that healthier life you've always wanted. Do you want to feel vibrant and full of energy so that you can make the impact you desire in this world? I believe that when we are intentional about looking after our health then we can find the energy, balance and joy that we need as Christian women to step into our God-given potential and make a real difference in this world. If you're here to learn about how a diet based more on whole foods, plant-based nutrition can bring a healthier life both to you and the planet, if you want to know how to manage your stress better, improve your sleep, exercise in a way that is fun and manageable, if you want to deepen your faith and build in more gratitude so that you can flourish once more in a life you love, then you are in the right place. I'm Katherine Shelton, let's get started. Molly Ashton welcome to the Healthier Life podcast.
1: Oh thank you Catherine it's thank you very much for asking me and I've really been looking forward to chatting with you I love listening to your show it's very helpful.
0: Thank you it's a pleasure to have you on now could you just take a moment just to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners say a little bit about uh, where you live and about your family.
1: Okay so I'm Molly uh, UK based you can probably tell my accent (laughs) Uh, we live uh, uh, in Somerset so not too far from where the cheddar cheese is made, so a place called Cheddar. Um, We have four children, or young adults actually, ranging between 21 and 11, and we home educate, so which is kind of why I've come on this podcast, because um, myself, along with a group of other UK home educators, including
0: Catherine, have produced a book which is coming out in September, so that's partly what we're going to talk about that's right that's right it's very exciting so that's how we know each other from the world of home education so I wonder before we kind of get into the book um, a little bit could you tell the listeners a little bit about your home education journey what got you started in home education and how long you've been home educating for okay so
1: do you know we did this on our whatsapp group and I can't remember our oldest is well we have to remember is it about 17 years I think been home educating I can't quite remember 16 17 something like that um so uh, I always had an interest in it even since before I was married in that I lived for a while with the the one of the elders and his family from the church we were in in Bristol and they had home educated or homeschooled we called it then homeschooled in, in New Zealand and then had continued in Bristol and I kind of thought that was a bit weird because you know there actually happened to be some quite good schools down the road and I did think well why are you doing that you know you're in England now <laughs> but I couldn't I couldn't help but see that they were that there was something about the kids, and just the the mum her her way of parenting just seemed so completely natural um they were an incredibly hospitable family. I lived with them for a while they had just this flow of students and other people you know coming in living with them, and then out again, so you know that the whole concept that home educated children are unsociable was just <laughs> i never I never had that concept <laughs> because to me it just seems so natural, so they were. They definitely kind of planted the seed in my mind. Um, And then when we moved to where we live now, one of the reasons we moved here was actually because the schools are good. So um, that was, well, 21 years ago. So our oldest went to school half time. Actually, we flexi-schooled for the first two terms of reception. And I just noticed in that time he was quite a chilled little lad and he he was just kind of just seemed more on top tight and when he came home he didn't want to play with his brother they're quite close in age and I thought you know this is so sad you're making relationships with other people who likelihood is you won't know them in your adult years and may do but may not do and yet your brother who is your potentially could be a best buddy for life you actually you're not building relationships a relationships much anymore and and I also and there was just things like Um, at the school time at the Christmas time when they had the school play and all the kids were so tired and the parents said oh don't worry they'll get used to it and I kind of thought but why why do they need to get used to being tired there's plenty of years as adults when you're tired surely children you should just be playing so actually we took him out in the third term and we've home educated ever since and we've home educated all the others as well and they went and they went to so we home educated the oldest two until college age so so Ben yeah they both went off to college and did various things
0: there. Amazing that's brilliant so yeah so very similar to our situation as well we just because we were living in Russia at the time when we were thinking about okay what are we going to do for the kids schooling and um, in Russia like many other countries uh, the kids don't actually go to school until they're seven so they get a really lovely childhood and our kids were out on the street playing with the neighborhood kids and and then when we came back to the UK, we just felt that you know four just is just so young for them to go to school, and uh, we we did school um, for the first. Year that we returned, and we just felt like we spent all our mornings kind of shouting at the kids to like, have you got your PE kit? Have you got your pat lunch? And and then they'd go off to school, and then they'd come back, and they were exhausted, like you were saying, and they just wanted to flop in front of the TV. And then suddenly it was, you know, quick bit of homework and bedtime, and that was it. And we just weren't connecting as a family anymore. So, so that's why we decided to to home educate um, through primary we then put them into secondary school but um yeah it was an amazing journey and definitely one that I have no regrets over whatsoever Mm. so so we're actually um as you mentioned chatting today because there's a very exciting project coming up that you've been working on it's a book on home education that's going to be published this September is that right that's 2022 as we're recording so congratulations because I know it's been a lot of work on your part can you tell us a bit more about the book what it's called why you wanted to compile it in the first place and maybe who it's for oh thank you so
1: it's called another way to learn with a question mark um, discovering the beauty of home education it's written by 16 or 17 UK home educators the concept came to me quite a while ago a few years ago actually when I was in hospital with our youngest daughter who was quite poorly and it was a time when our in kind of spiritually we were under quite a lot of in a sense, quite a lot of attack and have quite a lot of questioning with others, you know, from others about why we were continuing to home educate. Um, and particularly as our oldest one, you know, was, was, you know, would have been approaching GCSEs coming up in a few years. and. I think God often does that, doesn't he? He often sends sends the, the refiner's fire and sends a battle kind of to strengthen you. And so anyway, that that time in hospital, I read a book which was written by a couple called Stephen and Richards, who have very kindly endorsed our book, this book. Uh, uh, and it was just different stories from UK home educators. And it gave me such confidence that actually these people weren't really weird and their kids were working, were were. You know, were turning out quite fine, and God, God was very much in it, so that gave me such strength, and and that helped a lot. And but most of the other stuff, because I was kind of having to dig in a lot to see to see whether my convictions were correct or not, and so a lot of the other books and literature was coming from the United States which was very helpful and I'm incredibly grateful to all you know to all those people who've written all those books and done all the podcasts and blogs and everything but I kind of felt in hospital that time you know I think there's a there's a need for another UK book and that just kind of stayed there for really quite a few years and then I think a couple of years ago I approached a few people and said you know would you consider writing a book um somebody Yeah, we hadn't got a publisher, although there was possibly one in the background who actually didn't publish it. But I think having that and having having somebody who was very supportive of the project in the background very much gave me confidence. So that was a real blessing. So I kind of see God in it. And everybody just said yes. And which was amazing because it was it again it kind of took courage to ask people who I had a lot of respect for and I knew who were busy to say you know could you write a book for a chapter I haven't quite got a publisher yet but you know possible. and so anyway we did and we've, we've actually got this a fantastic publisher which publishers publishes um, and we're based up in Scotland and they've been amazing more than amazing and it's going to print I think today or tomorrow so it's been quite a journey it has been quite a um Yeah, it has been a lot of work, but it's been it's been fantastic, really exciting. And yeah, very, very excited about it.
0: Yeah, amazing. So, yeah, congratulations again, because I know how much work you've put into it, all the emails back and forth and all the edits (laughs) and everything. So I've been, yeah, I've been really privileged to be one of the contributors to the book, as you mentioned. So I actually wrote chapter 10, which is called Self-Care Matters, 10 Ways to Look After Yourself and Avoid Burnout. So in the chapter, just for for the listeners, I talk about why it's really important for all of us to be making room for self-care. And then I set out 10 areas of our life that we can reflect on and give ourselves a score out of 10 on when it comes to self-care to make sure that we're functioning at our best for our family and for those around us as well as ourselves. So I'm not going to disclose all 10 areas on the podcast today. You'll have to buy the book to find out all 10 areas. But Molly and I thought it would be fun if she picked five and that we chatted about those today and about how she feels she's doing in those areas, just to give you a little taster of the book and hopefully you'll want to buy it. So before we get into those five areas that you've picked, Molly, could you just tell us a little bit about your thoughts on self-care in general as a home educator, or maybe for someone who's at home 24-7 with little ones, um, you know, particularly if you've got kids with additional needs, you know, how important is self-care, do you think?
1: I think it's really really important um we do a myself and a friend Helen uh, do a podcast called Mended Teacups Homemade Podcast and it's called Mended Teacups because uh somebody actually prayed had a picture and kind of prayed that over me years and years and years ago a complete stranger and she just said she was praying for me so I had a picture of a beautiful teacup that was broken but kind of fixed and and the, the, the concept that a, a tea is is something which is just good to drink isn't it and you, you you drink a cup of tea in at times of celebration when a baby's born you know the midwife and it puts a kettle on and <laughs> I used to be a nurse and and also when you're breaking bad news or when difficult times as a nurse I would always go and put the kettle on and make a cup of tea for for people um you know we drink it and it's just such an everyday thing isn't it you know Um, it's a civilizing thing as well you know we always one of our kind of family rituals is afternoon tea and you know we do have stop for an afternoon tea and something to eat and um, so you know it's just it's just it just covers life cup I think anyway tea (laughs) and um, but to be able to give that life-giving refreshing drink the teacup needs to be fixed and if it's broken it just leaks out and I think that's such a good good picture of how we as mothers can be women as as mothers can be that if we're broken if we're cracked then actually the tea leaks out and so it is really important that we we are able to kind of keep ourselves in as whole place as possible and when we're, we're broken because we do get broken that we're able to you know gradually with jesus help mend up so so that i guess that's the foundation of why i think it's important
0: I love that analogy. I've yeah. never realized that was why your podcast was called Mended Teacups. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's brilliant. So, and I think
1: and I think why sort of practically it, it is different. We'll talk into a bit more. It is harder, I think, to to look after ourselves when we're at home all the time, particularly when we have children, if we have children who have got additional needs and, and which our youngest daughter has. And that is a lot harder but but hopefully some but I think it's even more essential so so hopefully some of that will come out as we as we talk I'll try and I'll try and pick out some threads
0: yeah great okay well let's start with the first one so the first one you picked was morning routine so tell us a little bit about what your morning routine looks like and how it kind of helps you with self-care and helps to kind of give you a good start to the day yeah
1: well I have to say morning time is often my favorite part of the day (laughs) I love the morning time (laughs) Um, I think it, I think it depends a little bit whether you're a morning or evening person, but I tend to be a morning person. Um, and I think it's changes over the seasons too. So, so when our boys were very little, they were both very early risers. And so actually I didn't get up before they got up. They would come in and would have a cuddle and that was all lovely and snuggly. Um, and, and then they would just play upstairs in their pajamas, play with Lego. And then our daughter came, oldest daughter came along. there. You know, she ditto would just poodle around in her gym jams. And, um, and that's when I would. It was still pretty early, but uh, I think that's when I would go down and have a cup of tea and read my Bible. Um, and that is that was always essentially something I got in the habit of doing while I was a student when I was doing my nursing training. And it's always stayed with me. And I just think, and I think that as for our teenage kids or our young adult kids, I feel that's one of the most important things we can. Um, help them to get in the habit of doing is having that morning time of reading God's word so your your day is founded in prayer and reading God's word and sometimes when they're little you know it may just be five or ten minutes we go through seasons and all ours are older now so so my time I do get to spend longer now so at the moment given the fact that the youngest is 11 and the next is 13 Um, The boys get up very early in the morning because they often have to go to college or uni or whatever. Um, But I often get up a bit before them and just have just have some time out. And the girls don't like getting up early at all. So so I get up, I get up nice and early and I'm able to sit down quietly and uh, light a candle and have my Bible and my cup of tea. And and that is just blissful. I just love that space and that quiet. And it's just wonderful. Um, I then get on and I have other do any writing and stuff. I've got a writing job and, and so I do any of that as well before the girls even come down. I'll eat my breakfast. And and that is just that's brilliant to be able to have that space to be able to think. Um, yeah, so so that so and I'm sure it will change again over the seasons. And I think just the one other thing to add is that if you do have a child with additional needs and your child is up at five o'clock in the morning, every morning and is full on. <sighs> you know don't expect to get up before it may be you need to find a time you know later on in the day or when you've had breakfast and your child is settled you know I think people can feel guilty and and that can be a false guilt if if you know you you hear someone like me saying oh I just have this lovely wonderful quiet time and my children are still in bed the big ones are away and the little ones are in bed um but actually that doesn't work for everybody so so not to put any any false guilt on anybody but if you can try and incorporate somehow or other a bit of space for yourself in the mornings um i think that would that helps
0: yeah yeah and that's such an important point isn't it that um it is about seasons of life and and things do change and if you are at home you know, with very little kids um like Molly was saying and you know you're kind of laughing at us for even talking about morning routines then you know that that time will change and it's just about doing what you can where you are with the the resources that you have at the moment isn't it and um as our seasons do change it's just taking that time out to reflect and think okay things are a little bit different now how might I change that and what can I what new habits can I incorporate now that I've got a little bit more time or I'm freed up a little bit in some way? So it's just taking those moments every few years just to take stock, isn't it, of where we are and what we can change? So thank you for sharing that. Lovely. Okay, so the second one um, is alone time. So before we start this, I'm curious do you consider yourself to be an introvert or an extrovert?
1: But, you know, I don't know. I think I do love being with people. And I certainly found when we weren't able or weren't allowed to see people in in this country, um, I really struggled with that because it wasn't good for me. Definitely I wasn't made to be, be without community. But I do think that for me, if I'm going to recharge my batteries, I do recharge by myself. So I guess that makes me an introvert.
0: Yeah. So how does alone time look for you? What do you enjoy doing?
1: Yeah well in an ideal world I would I would go walking I love being outside I'd go walking I'd like reading I'd read a book with a cup of tea I'd maybe do some craft like crocheting Um, but in the real world it is difficult to get um, everybody's family situation is different and our one has meant that actually I've never had any regular time by myself and so sometimes uh somebody is able to take the kids away you know for a morning or a day but that's normally when I'm starting to scream and and think and everyone's looking and thinking oh gosh maybe really needs some time out <laughs> but it's not a regular thing and so therefore and I know that there are many other families like this you know with you know husbands partners works situations and everything and if you don't have parents around who are able to, to to do that so so I've always had to find alone time with the children while the children have been around. So part of that is my morning thing. We also have a, um, an afternoon, an afternoon quiet time. So that's after our lunch. We have a quiet time and everyone goes to their own room and they read or uh, we've got a couple of very dyslexic kids listen to audible stories or play Lego or Sylvanians or draw or whatever it is. But it's got to be quiet. Um, and I string that out for as long as I can. Now, so sometimes it really is only you know 15 minutes or so, but but that has certainly, especially in the early years when they were all young, that has been definitely life-giving. You know, that's when I have my prey time, I have my cup of tea, and I quite often have a bit of dark chocolate because that's what I like. And <laughs> and that, you know, that is that is definitely L gray tea, and that is definitely soul nurturing for me. Um and then there's kind of other times when i just which I kind of try to incorporate in the week as well, so we we go out and about quite a lot um I think you mentioned your book, and i we do this as well you know you can go to give, take go to the parks we'd go to the park, and the kids would when they were younger and the kids could play, and I would take my flask and a little snack and they'd play, and I could just sit and read and that was always a nice thing to do. We used to have a a great a kind of like a coffee, a kind of trucker's coffee stop near to us, and it had a big sandpit and an old tractor. And I think they shut it down for health and safety reasons, which was a great shame because the boys used to love that and they'd go and play for ages in the sandpit, just sitting digging in the sandpit, um, whatever the weather. And um, and I would I could go and get one of their milky coffees, big milky coffees and and i'd take you know snacks for them and that was great And i could just sit and read or write whatever so kind of finding um we've got a pass to somewhere called the bishop's palace on my instagram i quite often put pictures of the bishop's palace and um and again i tend to buy myself coffees now i used to take a flask with me everywhere but i think when you have less kids around with you you can kind of buy yourself a coffee can't you (laughs) there was every four of them it was a bit expensive So, (laughs) so i'll just go with myself and the girls and um, and I'll have, a, I'll have a coffee. And again, and they, there's a place that they can they can play. So it's about finding ways to to have that alone time. But when when you have children around you all the time and it is possible, even it's harder when you've got little ones, but it is possible. though Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You, that reminded me when we were in Russia, we used to have that um, time after after lunch. We used to call it Tiki Chas, which is the Russian word for quiet hour. Um, because it was a thing, it was in the culture, because the children often used to stay up quite late in the evenings with the adults, it was quite normal for kids to go down for a quiet hour after lunch, and even in the The preschools, it would actually be part of the preschool day for them all to kind of settle down on little beds on the floor for an hour um, and have have a quiet hour. So we introduced that ourselves, and loved it. It was yeah, just wonderful to have that time, just an hour. Sometimes we didn't quite make an hour, but at least half an hour. The kids were just used to just playing by themselves or or resting in their room, and I could have that time to myself. So that was a real lifesaver when they were very little. Yeah, definitely. So the third area you chose was community. So you mentioned a little bit about how difficult it was for you during lockdown, just not seeing people. So how have you kind of come out of that, and what kind of community do you have around you?
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's a lovely. I love community. Um, I guess our original community with children was actually not a home a homeschooling home education community. We live in quite a small town, and so I was involved in the toddler group play group. And the the friends that we got to know, um, the the kids all went to school and eventually mums all went back to work as well. And but they're also not generally not Christians either, but it was they were fantastic friends and they still are fantastic friends. And what is amazing is that we still keep in touch with them and every and we've seen them grow up. So from really, really little boys who used to play play on um you know, tops tank engine together and now you know now they're all off at university um so our local community is community and my friends i think probably particularly sadly in fact it's in my non-christian friends who have been most supportive of our home education mm. I, I don't know why that is That's but i've had but i've had much more um in a sense they don't understand but they don't understand a lot about me so actually it's just part of my crazy you know crazy journey um, <laughs> Whereas, whereas it's it's been within the church community that we've received a lot more intense criticism, I think. So my 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 friends here are just great, and and we still get together. You know, the kids still some of the kids still get together as adults, and and I we still get, we do have a sewing group, um, and. Oh, yeah I've just sort just of then we have a mulled wine and mince pies every Christmas time and that's always great to see the kids coming back because they haven't seen each other for a while and they you know they come back from uni and, and meet up together and so so that's so that's our, our first community and then about oh quite a few years ago we kind of had a bit of a crossroads time and Jeremiah 616 became quite um, quite poignant to us. And that one of the things I prayed at that time is that God would give me more of a community of home educators. And after that time, we joined the local Christian Bristol, Bristol Christian Home Educating Group. And although we're too far away to do a lot of the regular things, like they do swimming lessons together, there's loads of them, they do swimming lessons or art lessons or netball lessons or all sorts of things. And we we're too far away to do that. But actually we've got to know some fantastic friends and, you know, we go out especially to, you know, to see friends and with the friends we've made and we have a sports day and a camping trip and a Christmas party and, and Helen, who I do the, um, the podcast with, I've got to know Helen, Helen kind of um, coordinates the group. So that's been just brilliant both for the, you know, for the, or for all our kids getting to know other Christian home educators and also for me as well. So that's been fantastic. And then actually, even more than that, it is how I don't know how you find other people find, but I have made some genuine friendships online as well, um, sort of through Instagram and reading each other's blogs. And I, I've met a few, actually Jessica, who has so written a chapter in the book about the early years. And she lives in Guernsey and we read each other's blogs and we went and visited. We we met her when we were in Guernsey and actually Philippa, who has written another chapter and has done all the the kind of the, the marketing aspect of it and the launch. She's been amazing. And she and her family came down to stay last weekend. So that was just fantastic to meet her in real life. So 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 I kind of feel I've made some good friends online and I'm quite sure I think Zoom kind of helps with that you can kind of see people can't you yes um, so and very much hoping to meet some more then
0: yeah great <laughs> so then the fourth area um, of self-care that we're talking about today is one of my favorites definitely it's time in nature so I'm guessing it's probably a favorite of yours as well
1: mm, yeah definitely um, it's definitely my go-to when I'm not feeling great or or if things are getting too frazzled Um, I will absolutely where we're fortunate where we live we live in the countryside and we can just go straight out walking without having to cross roads or anything so I used to do that with the with the children when they were when they were young, we would go out all the time, I mean at least once if not twice a day, whatever the weather we would go out. Um, now they're a bit older and they're not so keen the girls are not so keen the boys obviously independent and the girls are not so keen on walking so quite often now it is I just go walking by myself or one of them will cycle and I'll kind of walk so I do that a lot I do it for for exercise for me um, sometimes I deliberately make myself slow down and actually just we live quite near some water and I'll just sit by the water and just look and even just for a couple of minutes um I've often got my eye on the on the and on my watch and I've got to get back but just having that time I think I think it is good to slow down I think we have to recognize we do have some scenes in life when it is very busy and actually this particular season is with the book coming out and with several other things happening as well and uh, we've got a field so and grow veg and we have pigs and, and a pig group and chickens and all sorts so so kind of self-sufficiency small holding wise it's just a, also a very busy time of year so a lot of my outside time is actually growing and and digging and planting and all the rest of it but actually that's you know that's therapeutic and a lot of a lot of my efforts get eaten by by deer or rabbits or slugs or whatever but I I sometimes you know, I say to my husband I joke my husband say but you know it's cheaper than a shrink isn't it you know <laughs> even if we don't get to eat them <laughs> so um so that so definitely being outside and actually physically touching the soil is really really therapeutic for me. Mm. So um, yeah, so so I love I love being outside definitely and yeah. look, just looking up sometimes taking the time just to be quiet and actually just to look up at the clouds and watch the clouds go by. I love doing that. Mm.
0: Yeah. Great. Okay. And the final area is experiences. Now, what I meant by that in the book is kind of doing those things that just a little bit outside our kind of, you know, day to day routine that um, perhaps a little bit special, things we wouldn't normally do, things that are kind of building family memories, kind of fun things. So tell me a little bit about what kind of experiences that you try to create for your family and and some maybe one or two fun ones that you've enjoyed in recent years.
1: Yeah. And I think that's brilliant. I actually plan different i um, home educating families sort of plan in a different way or some don't at all but I I tend to plan at the beginning of every half of term kind of follow off you follow school time school term timetable um, and part of my planning as well as what we're going to do in you know English or maths or history or whatever is I put in celebrations and what we're going to celebrate so so as you know obviously we did christmas and easter we always do burns night which is a really good one in that kind of quite dark post christmas time we have a fun burns night and do the haggis and the read the poem and 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 that's a that's a that's a really fun one to do scottish dancing sometimes my husband's good at that (laughs) um and we celebrate some of the jewish festivals as well we so we always celebrate passover and um in you know various different ways. So we always do that and and um I don't know how you say it, wash hashana, which is I think the, the Jewish New Year, which is apples and honey, dipped apples dipped in honey. And that often comes at a time when we haven't got bees at the moment, but when we've had bees, we've just extracted the honey and we've picked some apples and and that's a really nice one to do. So so there are sort of different things along the way and that we the kind of festivals and things we celebrate. Um but I think also the memory making is so important because that's part of our family and who we are, isn't it? And we've always home, homeschooled on four days of the week and had one day, which has been like an outing day. So we have four slightly more structured days. are not terribly structured, but slightly more. And then one outing day. So when the three older ones were little, um, that was often on a Thursday and my husband had time off on a Thursday so that was lovely so it meant actually that he had time to come out with us and that was really really lovely and and when the boys now as adults when they look back on their kind of their homeschooling years that's what they think they remember often they talk about is the outing we did and the, the the place we went and actually for one of our kids is very dyslexic one of the boys is very dyslexic and he I think he learned so much by going out and meeting people and asking questions so um And today, uh, at the moment, we have Fridays, so Fridays is our fun girls' day, and we just go off, and it's normally something fairly low key. We often maybe go into Wells, the Bristol Palace, or or go and meet some friends in a a National Trust place or something. Um, So, uh, but that's also it's that's also important, and it's just it's building, it's about building relationships as well, isn't it? So, Mm. so we do, yeah, we we're certainly big on making memories and doing 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 fun things, definitely.
0: Yeah, wonderful. So just a final question on this whole topic of self care. Obviously, you've been home educating for many years now. So you're very experienced. What would you say to um, that mum who um, is perhaps just feeling a little bit frazzled, burned out, isn't sure if she can carry on, just feeling tired? Uh, Maybe, you know, she's home educating, or maybe she's just got little ones, preschoolers at home, um, just kids around her 24 seven, she finds it very hard to kind of find some time to herself what kind of tips and uh wisdom would you share with her oh I think the first thing is that you're not alone
1: you're really not alone and it is just hard and I think one of the verses I hung on to and I still hang on to actually with a child with additional needs as well is that um the verse it talks about he he leads gently those with young and I think that's really important, you know, go easy on yourself. Remember when other people like me or Catherine with older children are saying, oh, we do this, this, and this, and this. And actually, if you're at that stage where if you can simply get through the day and you can give them one meal, which might be, you know, beans and, <laughs> beans and baked potatoes, you're doing well. <laughs> um, I used to sometimes think, you know, if, if they all just have clean underwear, I've done well. <laughs> so, so so, don't don't feel condemned. I think if you can, if you can come up for air at some stage, if there is anybody who can take your children for a day might be a big ask, but, you know, just for some time, just so you can come up for air and breathe a little bit. I think when you don't have a lot of time by yourself, I, I kind of sometimes find that I've got my gosh, I've got a whole morning. What do I do? And it can almost be too stressful. This, this and this and this and this. So. So, but it is trying to find some ways that you can come up for air and you can just start to make a little bit of a strategy of how you can change, what little tweaks you might be able to make. To help you to make your your weeks, your days, your weeks a little bit easier. If there are some things you can take out, and actually, if you've got if your standards are too high, I think a lot of us have quite high standards, and we we want we we're ideal. I'm certainly idealistic. I, I, you know, I want to live a certain way, and I want to have you know our lives to be a certain way. But actually, the reality is often they're not, and that is why you know we worship a God of grace, don't we? And He is absolutely amazing at. Making good out of the mess and all the mess and the muddle, he will somehow or other weave it together and brings make something beautiful out of it. Yeah, but I think long term it is so important looking after yourself. I think most of us are, are not terribly good at doing it, and I certainly I certainly wasn't in many ways. Um, but so we had Sally Clarkson stay with us a few years ago. She came to speak at Bristol, look her up, her post is great podcast, and she's written loads of books. and I remember her saying to me, you need to look after yourself a bit more. And lots of people had said that to me, but actually it was her saying it to me. She said, no, you, you're, you, you've you, you, you got a long way to go. I think we had our our youngest children, you're roughly a sort of a similar age, so we're both going to be older mums in this journey. And she said, you really, if you're going to keep going the distance, which I fully intend to, then, then you need to be looking after yourself. And so however, however, whatever season you're at with, with little ones or slightly older ones, it's, it's never... always the right time to be able to just put one little little thing in and it may just be 10 minutes 10 minutes after that after lunchtime when the little one's napping and the next one you might just be able to bribe with you know some some raisins or 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 whatever and an audible story (laughs) but just start putting those little things in so that long term you can keep going
0: yeah that's what we're wanting absolutely beautifully said thank you i love sally clarks and she was one of my mentors as well when i was home Mm -hmm. educating Great. So thank you so much, Molly. Can you tell the listeners where they can find this amazing book?
1: Yeah, so we have a website um, called Another Way to Learn. I'll send you the link so that you can you can pop it on. You can pre-order from there. And I think the pre-order price is just about to come down. So it's definitely a good time by this time this podcast goes out to pre-order your book. It's actually, I think you asked me at the beginning, I didn't answer the question. It's actually a book for for anybody who's interested in home education it really is a very practical book um so for anyone who's interested in it who thinks they might want to or most certainly for those who are on the journey we've had some great endorsements um which are on some of them are on the website but actually we've just had our first review and i just wondered if i could read that bit kind of just to of finish course. with yeah absolutely so um so what struck me throughout was the raw honesty of the writing from people who are not trying to sell home education as a lifestyle, but who are living or have lived it. They simply tell it like it is, quite simply. This is a book that I wish I'd had by my side throughout my own family's home education journey. And then she says at the end a bit more and this, I highly recommend it. I that, that says it all really. That, that is who it's for, <laughs> for anybody who's interested on the journey.
0: Brilliant. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Molly. Where can the listeners find you online if they want to find out more about you or find out more about the book?
1: Okay. So my, I have a website, uh, which I blog at, and it's called motheringthroughtheseasons.com. And I also uh, do a podcast, host podcast with my wonderful friend, Helen, um, and that's called Mended Teacups Homemade Podcast. And we haven't done many recently, actually, but we're going to get back into more of a rhythm. But there's loads and loads of back copies back episodes and they're all about kind of 15, 20 minutes. So they're very listenable to if you're curious about home education, it's kind of is not a long listen. And you've got little ones around and you haven't got much time. And I'm on Instagram as well at Mothering Through the Seasons, I think. So, um, yes, yeah, so there's Molly Ashton. So you can just look up there.
0: Brilliant. I'll be sure to put all those links in the show notes below. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Have a wonderful rest of your day.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Catherine. And thank you again for your show, because that is definitely helping me and encouraging me to look after myself better. So thank you very much.
0: Hey, quickly before you go, if this podcast has helped and inspired you in some way, then please jump over to iTunes and leave me an honest review. That way more people can find this show and be inspired too. I personally read every single review and your feedback is so encouraging to me. The second way you can help get the word out is to take a quick screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Catherine Shelton Health, and I'll share it right back. Thank you so much. God bless. Until next time.